from socialservice.sg, I'm Jing Yao. Today, we're joined by Tan Weilie, who created Schemes.sg, a searchable, indexable directory of assistance schemes in Singapore. Weilie built it for social workers and volunteers to have a very convenient source should they wish to quickly explore schemes to which they can refer their clients or beneficiaries. We discuss how the Schemes.sg directory differs from existing ones, existing features and new features he hopes to build, and also the benefits of his social science background. You can access Schemes.sg at schemes-sg.online. That's S-C-H-E-M-E-S-G.online. I introduced Schemes SG as a searchable, indexable directory of assistance schemes, which you built for social workers and volunteers. Maybe before we talk about how you are hoping to tap onto crowdsourcing and to expand the service offering, tell us how you got started. All right, sure. So Schemes SG really started in a serendipitous manner. It was a confluence of several things. I myself, I've always wanted to make something like a consolidated directory because I volunteer with various groups since 2012 like um, in rental estates, in caregiving institutions. So I know it's quite hard to keep Googling for things and um, searching for things online. Lah. And, you know, different volunteers and social workers have built up different pools of tacit knowledge about areas to get help. So these compilations, they're all over the internet. They're stored in like PDF files and hidden deep within the repositories of many organizations. So, you know, in your WordPress content management system, it's the, the URL just stretches all the way to the back and the search engines find it hard to pick it up. And you only really get it if you are looking hard for it. So you actually have to control F all of these documents if you're trying to find something specific. And sometimes if you enter something wrongly, like low income versus low dash income, um, your Adobe Acrobat or your PDF reader may not be able to pick up or find the scheme. So I thought that a tech system is quite direly needed. And um, the last thing that actually bugged me as a, as a user, as a volunteer was that Many of these good, uh, rigorous compilations actually exist online, but there is no crowdsourcing feature to tap on the public hive mind to update it. And um, face it, no one can really find the power of the crowd. Lah. So if I can harness this collective power, this collective wisdom to keep a repository current and usable, I thought, hey, that was the best way to go about it. So actually, I tried it. I hosted this minimal viable product for two weeks. And just for two weeks alone, I got quite a few new listings already. The state of knowledge among social workers actually quite rich, but uh, it's very dispersed. So it's dispersed in pockets of knowledge that different social workers and different volunteers hold uh, mentally. So um, usually, this is through user research with one of my friends. So she told me that um, usually social workers or volunteers have their own little communities of practice and someone will just throw up a question like, let's say in a telegram group, hey, my client is uh, this, 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 is an elderly, is facing some uh, uh, certain needs. Do you all know where to get help or not? And there's a lot of tacit knowledge out there latent within the community. But every time someone wants to know something, they have to put it out there in, let's say, one of these chat groups. And depending on whether another person knows or not, uh, he or she will get an answer. And lastly, of course, there are directories with good and guided interfaces, such as silverschemes.sg or Support Goware, which is actually the government official portal for COVID-19 help. But these government portals, although they have pretty good interfaces, they may not include uh, NGO or VWO schemes. So schemes by uh, clan associations, by uh, religious uh, organizations, by ethnic self-help groups. So these are usually not covered in uh, these, these uh, 
more guided portals which are usually by the government. Weili has shared that he created a minimum viable product or an MVP, which is an early version of the Schemes SG directory with features which could be tested by his social work friends. One of his social work friends also mentioned communities of practice, or abbreviated as COP, where social workers with common causes or concerns gather to share knowledge and best practices. Next, I asked him about how social workers, volunteers, or beneficiaries would use Schemes SG. Okay, so how to actually use the site? Um, it's currently quite self-explanatory. Um, it's just a set of listings that I've made for my own list of resources, plus a few additional listings that I've scraped using a script that I wrote. And then uh, it also includes some crowdsource entries. So to the four people who have added on to, to the crowdsourcing effort, thank you so much. Okay, so uh, apart from the listings, there are also tags that help you to make sense of what the schemes are for. They are categorized to the different uh, user groups and uh, needs groups. So let's say if you're looking for schemes for elderly, there's a tag for elderly over there. You click on that and then it will filter um, schemes for the elderly. So right now, there are intersecting kind of groups, right? So let's say uh, if you're an elderly, you're a user group, but elderly with, let's say, uh, care, caregiving needs. That's a need, need kind of uh, um, uh, premise. So right now, I'm actually still trying to review and uh, improve the the meta tech categories. And I'm also speaking to social workers on how to best organize this information. And on top of that, there's also a search bar to search by key terms. The third would actually be the crowdsourcing feature. Um, so crowdsourcing basically is what it says, is to crowdsource your knowledge to help build this repository so that uh, more people can use it and uh, more people can benefit from it. And your support, your support for actually populating this directory and making it comprehensive is really, really appreciated and needed uh, because uh, as a single person, I would not have the monopoly of knowledge or the muscle to build this alone. And I've also built it to tap on the wisdom of the crowd. And um, yeah, lastly, right now, it lists schemes that provide benefits in kind. So let's say financial assistance and subsidies. Benefits in cash, which is financial assistance and subsidies, or benefits in kind. So things like uh, free food, food vouchers, free clinics, uh, special cards, which ascribe certain benefits. And as long as the organization states openly in its website that it provides these benefits now listed. So all the listings that you see on, on, this, on this directory, um, each box is actually a link that takes you directly. As far as possible, I've tried to link it to the application page so as to reduce the, the um, friction in trying to apply for these schemes. But where there is no application page, then I, I will link it to the information page uh, of this particular scheme. Got you. And we've talked about you know, how you got started and now how schemes actually works and directory works. Now maybe a bit to the nuts and bolts, right? So how did you gather all the aid and assistance schemes in Singapore? Because as you mentioned in the beginning, they're all strewn around all over the place and PDF. So how did you start gathering all these aid and assistance schemes and what's the process like? Okay, so um, on this, I really, really have to extend my gratitude to the various social workers, the various volunteers I've spoken to because they played an indispensable role in this. A lot of conversations that... um. I had with social workers, they actually availed the common places that they went to for assistance. So there are some things that no one will miss. For instance, uh, MSF Comcat, everyone knows about it. Uh, so that forms like one of the base layers of actually starting this directory. I myself, I also have my own list. So I started off with my list of resources of uh, commonly referred to organizations and schemes. So that forms the second layer. Then I went to careers at GAF because I know the government actually also gives a uh, Government is one of the biggest uh, contributors of this uh, 
various schemes and assistance um, packages. So I went to careers at Gov to make a list of all the government ministries and stepwards. But not every single agency actually provides uh, grants, right? So actually Maritime Port Authority actually doesn't provide social assistance grants. So I will X all those um, agencies out and then I will get a list of agencies that do likely provide uh, assistance schemes. So after I've narrowed down to, to all of this, then I will search in their websites for any of these schemes that might actually help the public or those in need. And lastly, uh, this is the difficult part. So I went to NCSS um, and its page of um, about 510 member VWOs. And uh, on that page, that there are actually links that will take you to the sites of these member VWOs. And um, obviously it's not humanly possible to read through all of them. So I made a script. I did a quick um, automated search to suss out all the VWs that provided some sort of assistance um, in cash or in kindness, as I've mentioned above. Yeah, so if you actually want my script, you can drop me a message. And I think people will. And, and, and how, do, how should people get in touch with you if they wanted to also provide some uh, to let you know that you've missed this out or there's something out there in, in assistance in kind or in cash that you should include? How should they reach out to you? Hmm, okay, so on the site, there's actually uh, one of the main buttons in the header is actually uh, a link to a Google form. And the form actually provides you the, the space to actually update the listing. So, so to add on a listing that I have missed out or to edit a listing that you might think I have made a factual error in. So to all the social workers and to all the practitioners and volunteers who are listening to this, um, you should help out with this. And this is why, and I'll make the case to you. And this is why, because Wiley wrote in his Facebook post promoting Scheme Sashi, and I want to read it back to him and to <laughs> you as well. And this is why he said. So Wiley said, and I quote, ultimately, the vision slash goal slash dream is to have schemes from across sectors curated and delivered conversationally. So user types in, my client is a 45-year-old man with 76-year-old chronically ill parent, etc. And out comes the relevant results. And then he says, I'm still finding ways to build that, end quote. So that's if that's not compelling enough, I, I don't know what will be. So, and back to Wei with that in mind, and, and having said <laughs> okay. that that's the vision, what are the new features you're planning to build and how would um, how would the, the platform or the directory take shape in the future? Okay, so I have to caveat. Uh, so that, that's one of the dream features that I'd like to build. Uh, actually, so, so I'm, I myself, I'm a, I'm a developer uh, and I tinker quite a bit with uh, building digital products and, and different things. Uh. So I actually wanted to bring this vision to life, whether it's uh, technically, uh, so whether this technical possibility will be met by any roadblocks I'm still uh, grappling with that and I will try my very best to overcome that. Okay, with, with that in mind, so let me describe some of the features that I that actually had in my roadmap. So this started off as a pure, simple directory listing. You know, like, like I just dumped all my entire list of, of schemes and then I hope someone can, can access that. So this, I pretty much started with this, uh, this bar. It, was, it wasn't a very high bar, but I just wanted to do this as an experiment. Now, after speaking with various social workers and, and friends, and uh, and I went in an innovation lab, right? So I also speak to my, my teammates about it and they give me ideas. More and more things started to build on this, this initial uh, listing idea. And uh, I started to entertain more interesting possibilities that I can play around with. One is a more uh, rigorous filter criteria, whereby instead of the tags, like the user groups and, and the needs groups alone, um, there are other categories that could help you narrow down the schemes that you need. For instance, uh, the geography or the criteria, like the per capita income, per capita household income, 
And I am currently, this so this is more complex than it actually seems because you need to think of how to create harmonized fields that people can use to filter meaningfully. Like for instance, some VWs use growth, some uh, VWs use net and different uh, criteria will apply to different schemes. Ethnic self-help groups or clan or surname associations, for instance, they might be bound by certain parameters. Let's say uh, I can only give to a certain surname or a certain uh, uh, group. So that also has to be taken into account. Okay, so after the filter criteria, where I add in more uh, possible filters, I'm trying to see if I can build that feature that you have mentioned just now, which is a system that throws back uh, relevant schemes based on free text that the user uh, puts in. And that choice to target social workers and volunteer, I feel it sits well with the design for this, this tool because um, social workers use um, quite similar, I would say, or, or um, uh, common terminology within the field. And this creates greater uniformity or congruence in the terms that they might input into the system. And therefore, it would actually be easier for the AI to function or to detect. So a lot of these foundational decisions, um, it had to be thought through. Uh, um, it's kind of grueling to think through it, but it's quite fun as well. Okay, so on top of the this uh, machine learning uh, multi-level matching system that I'm currently thinking of, uh, I'm also looking at improving the crowdsourcing. So let's say a couple more like Google Forms to see how to um, integrate them, probably allowing users a greater degree of flexibility to, to input some of the information that I'm trying to curate or to include in my, in my listing. This is also something quite ambitious. So I... There's a fourth feature I was thinking about, a matching service. So it's not so much a product feature, but it's a service tag to this directory. I met my friend last week and he said, uh, hey, if you, you know, you can open it up to, to people who want to look for schemes. You can just put like, let's say a Google form. Uh, maybe we can start this, this service amongst ourselves and let's say our friends. Send in your requests and then like the four or five of us, you know, we match uh, your needs. You know, like, oh, I'm 40 years old and I have a 76 year old parent, like you said. So we help you to match it. And then uh, we send you back via email or some other uh, way to contact you, the schemes that would help you. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and of course... <laughs> so as a, as a non-tech person, that means that's the intermediary or kind of like intermediate step before the, the machine learning or the AI kind of functions come in, right? So as a non-tech person, what you are kind of describing is we want to eventually get to the place where someone can type in and free text and say, I'm a, this old man, I'm... I'm, I'm how old I am and then you know what the needs I have or who I'm caregiving for. But for now, someone else or a group of individuals can help do the bridging or the, the intermediary kind of step for that using your platform. Would that be right to kind of characterize it that way? Yes. So to, to put it simply, um, that would be the next stone to step on. And the stone after that would therefore be to see if the AI can replace us. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, that's really the grand vision. Uh. Um, mm. But in the meantime, because the AI is not actually easy to build, this actually sits in rather well, these two features, where, you know, uh, me and my friends, we do it manually. But if, yeah. let's say, I start off uh, this AI feature as an internal tool that helps, uh, helps simplify our searching for assistance schemes, then we can also, at the same time, assess whether it's suitable to be rolled out. Mm. Are there other features you're trying to, trying to build as well, in addition okay, to so, what you've shared? Yeah, sure. So, uh, two more. One of it is a carousel of uh, persona cards. So, okay, you know, from uh, my user research, there are quite a few common profiles that tend to seek assistance. So I might want to try to create a feature where I craft imaginary personas. Uh, these can be composites of real profiles. And of course, they'll be anonymized. Uh, and then this feature, is, this feature will actually identify the schemes uh, that each of these common personas can 
apply for. Uh, the idea of this is that social workers, because uh, many of their clientele tend to have um, these profiles uh, of uh, common needs or, or demographic groups. Because there are these cards in the carousel, they can pull out something quickly that is quite similar to, to a real case they might have. Uh, so that they have a quick mental reference. Like you pull out a card and you go, oh, my beneficiary is something like this uncle, Uncle Tan or something like that, maybe a fictional character. And then in that card, is already a list of schemes that you can apply for this particular person, right? So the social worker can go, um, oh, maybe I can just apply whatever is here, plus minus two or three of the schemes that may or uh, may not apply to my own beneficiary. And the last uh, feature I'm thinking about is to make it a progressive web app, a PWA. So a progressive web app is something like, it's a website, but you can save it to your home screen. And the rationale for that is because I think there's a lot of, there's a saturation of apps and people generally don't want to download yet another um, native mobile app to their home screen, their phone. But if it can be done via, let's say, a, a shortcut to a browser, then uh, it might actually help them as a nifty resource. Got you. And I, I guess it sounds like a really obvious question, but in the bigger picture, how have or why have you chosen to focus on social workers and volunteers? I mean, I see it's an obvious question because through your sharing thus far, um, you've consulted or rather you've worked with social workers very closely along the way. So how have you chosen to focus on them on this project or this particular endeavor you've worked on? Okay, one of the underlying drivers for this was actually the information architecture because the tags that you use um, to organize the information, that makes a difference. Whether, whether the tags are coherent and they make sense to the user, it's quite important in whether this product functions well. And I felt that uh, if I were to design for, let's say, a non-defined user base, like the general public, it's possible, but maybe the, the alpha generated, the, the utility generated will not be uh, as much as, let's say, a focused user base that already uses a certain uh, set of uh, terminology, a certain set of uh, mental structures in navigating this, this landscape of assistance. Secondly, also because my, my user research also yielded the, the observation, and also this is from personal volunteering experience, most um, persons in need may not have the mental bandwidth to try to, again, self-help by navigating through the system, finding out what are the uh, different schemes they can apply for, uh, basically doing the whole grueling work of going through whether they meet the per capita household income criteria or they, it's actually quite, it's quite tough work. And that's why uh, social workers, they are really, really modern day superheroes. Uh, they, they really do a lot in helping um, these persons in need. And I think, yeah, I would like my product to, if possible, make life easier for them since they are, making life better for other people. You may be familiar with the concept of bandwidth or the bandwidth tax, popularized in the 2013 book by a behavioral economist and psychologist. Titled Scarcity, Why Having Too Little Means So Much, the authors discuss how scarcity under conditions of poverty or social economic disadvantage and deprivation affect how individuals behave, think, and make decisions. And... I think rounding up this kind of conversation and, and, and talking to you, we had a really good chat before you know recording this episode and you were very passionate about the benefits of your social science background, which is interesting in the context of Schemes SG as a tech platform you just built. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit more about this balance between social science, in your case, sociology and tech and something that you seem to deal with on a regular basis. So technology and the intersection with social science, to me, I think the mastery of AI 
should always be seen as an extension of a mission that um, you have already begun on. It shouldn't be a blind starting point. It shouldn't be, oh, I learned programming or AI or data science because it's like the next big thing in town, right? I think you should always start off with uh, a mission, a personal mission, and see what tools can actually advance that mission. And in this case, for myself, it's it's AI. Uh, it shouldn't be a hammer looking for a nail to, to bash. Um, now, app creation or AI is an additional tool in an arsenal that I would like to have to allow me to bend things or to shift things in a way that I deem favorable. But I think social sciences, to me, um, social sciences have a very rich knowledge of the contours of how things work, how society functions. I think its job in how I've seen these two fields coming together is to inform my thinking of what is favorable in the first place. And then once I narrow down on that, the tools then come in. So um, as you've mentioned, I'm a sociology grad. I think my thinking, my, um, my sociological background drives and influences how I create things, create products, and how I act, how I create action. So um, technology is a tool that empowers the action. And actually, I do wish to see more of my social science peers or juniors embark on their own way of bringing their visions to life. And um, lastly, I would also say, so I've talked about how thinking influences acting, but actually the flip side is also true. Like acting changes your own thinking as well. So when your own brand, your own um, approach to making things better in this world involves more action, you start to see things differently. Um, so you are so senior, you are a PhD uh, uh, student, right? So um, I'm not saying that the intellectual route of looking at things is not important, but I'm actually saying that the bias to action itself will cause you to add very different value than someone who has taken a more intellectual approach to things. So probably between us, uh, we might attack a problem in a very different way. And I think that's what makes uh, things richer and, and uh, more colorful. Uh. No, and I agree. I mean, um, the I mean, not just the... The, the kind of intellectual pursuit of the PhD, but also in terms of thinking about where our backgrounds, our socioeconomic kind of like position and in, in society that influences not just the research, but the work that we do. So maybe I can push you a bit further because you're saying, you know, um, you know in terms of thinking and connecting it to acting as well. Could you give me an example in terms of how, you know, in the context of your work with, with Schemes SG, an example of how you've gone about doing this and how it's influenced your thinking and acting at the same time? Okay, so one example would actually be the concept of intersectionality. So intersectionality uh, is, a, is a concept that actually we, we study a lot in sociology. And it's about how people's social identities combine to create different modes of either disadvantage or privilege, right? And there's been quite a lot of debate on this sometime around last year, like, you know, how it's supercharged, how it's an important construct, uh, what are the ideological you know, underpinnings of this in a, in a more academic sense? And is it a valid concept in, in Singapore's context? Uh, so while all this debate was actually raging, very coincidentally, I was also trying out the, the proof of concept, the mobile proof of concept for schemes actually at the same time. And to be honest, uh, this debate, uh, while when I was a sociology student, maybe I would have paid more attention, uh, not having this element of action actually building something building a product, actually that whole debate uh, sort of flew over my head. I wasn't paying attention to it because I was grappling with intersectionality as a concept on a very different level, on a more applied level that required me to consider technical decisions. So to me, uh, as that debate was raging on, I was grappling with how intersectionality is very simply 
the idea that one unit of disadvantage plus one unit of disadvantage will give more than two units of disadvantage. And that translates into a very real technical problem for me to consider because uh, if I'm, I'm building a directory and I'm, tag, I'm building a tagging system, for a low-income person who is also a caretaker, for instance, I've got to consider that this person's needs may be more than that of one low-income person plus one caretaker because both problems can compound to make each other heavier or, or more onerous. So when I make a directory, because of these considerations, do I use end tagging? Meaning, do I give you the intersect of the schemes that only answer to the intersect of these two groups? Or do I use all tagging? Meaning uh, the union kind of tagging, not like your set theory, but the union, right? If I use end tagging, I will give you schemes that cater very specifically to a low-income caregiver, meaning you will be identified by uh, both sets of traits. Uh, yes, it might give you a much greater fit, but the result of the listings that are returned may not be so comprehensive. So because of um, this theoretical uh, underpinning that I've gained as a social science student, social science student in, in my uh, undergraduate days, I know that I will want to be more comprehensive. I want to be more careful, right? So I will give schemes based on union tagging. I can follow all possible systems. If you are low income, you will get low income schemes. You will also get caretaker schemes that may not be for low income. And then you will also get that intersect of low income plus caretaker. So that consideration was um, drove of my technical decisions. So yeah, and that decision was actually uh, recently validated by a friend because she told me, uh, she was a social worker as well. So she told me uh, she once applied for 12 schemes for a client and 12 schemes is no joke, you know, like the amount of uh, every dollar of assistance from each of these, these 12 schemes can actually go a very, very long way in helping that family. So um, I think that was how my own experience of uh, sociology and also as an applied person trying to uh, create products um, actually shaped how I well built this product. Yep. And actually, I wanted to, to draw back the attention to um, your favorite tagline, which is um, a man of wisdom lives by acting and not by thinking about acting. So I think that that line challenged me a lot and it also propelled me to, to want to put my theoretical underpinnings into action. So yes, thank you for, for sharing that line with me. Mm -hmm.